Welcome to the Eric J. The Great Podcast, man. How you doing? What up, though? What's going on? How you doing? Hey, man. Doing all right, bro. So, man, um, I reached out to you because uh, I know you got a lot of um, buzz going right now. And I just think that uh, everyone should hear your story from, you know, from the beginning all the way to uh, where you at now. One more time. No, I said uh, you got a lot of buzz right now, so I think that um, everyone should hear your story from the beginning all the way up to now. Yeah, it's your audio's going in and out. Hey, hear me now? Yeah, say it again. What you say, E? Hey. Now? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Yeah, I was just saying, uh, I was just saying, you know, we can um just basically tell your whole story, you know, from the beginning all the way up to now. I mean, my story really comes from, you know, like most other rappers, you know, from the streets. Wait, wait. Was... Go ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to uh, ask a few questions, you know, to lead up to, you know what I'm saying? Okay. But, uh, so as far as uh, tell the people where you're from. I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. And you, uh, have you stayed in Louisville your whole life? I mean, I was, um, I actually lived in New York as a kid for a few years. Then we migrated to, uh, I migrated to Louisville, Kentucky with my father. My brothers and sisters stayed in New York. My dad had a whole lot of kids here in Kentucky, too. So, yeah, I mostly grew up in Kentucky. Oh, that's what's up. So, uh, do you got any uh, siblings? Yeah, I got seven brothers and sisters. Okay. So, what was uh, some of the obstacles you um, had to encounter, you know, just growing up? Uh, moving from New York to uh, Louisville, you know, just struggles you uh, in your childhood that you had to deal with. I mean, I grew up in the trenches. I'm from Newburgh, so everybody know how it go out there. It ain't, you know, it's just a jungle. They can play with it if they want to, but it's kind of like everything was a competition. And, and my daddy raised all of his kids by himself, you know, so it's kind of like Growing up without parents, because my father had to work so much, so we was exposed to a lot of shit in the streets growing up that we weren't supposed to at an early age. But, I mean, shit, you know what comes with being in the streets. A whole lot, you know, a whole lot of street shit. So the obstacles and struggles are self-explanatory if you listen to the music. Uh, yeah, I can feel that. Yeah, did you have a, a two-parent um, household or a single-parent household? I mean, off and on, my mama was in prison. My mama uh, was incarcerated five years, you know, so she went to jail for five years. So then when she did come home, you know, my mama was also into the streets too, though. So it's kind of like when you when my mama's ripping and running the streets, but she's there for her kids when we need her. But... To answer the question, I would say it was more of one parent in the household, you know, majority of the time is what I was used to. 
Okay. So what's some of the things you was into um, as a child? Was you good at sports? What kind of uh, activities were you in, you know, once you start going to school as far as, like, elementary, middle, and uh, high school? I played basketball and football. I was a star athlete. I mean, I ended up getting a full scholarship off one year of regulation high school football because I was, like I said, caught up in the streets. So it took away a lot of my high school career that I didn't get. My freshman year, I was at a hardship transfer to school and uh, J-Town High School and ended up getting caught with some weed in school, like the second game of the season, right before the game type shit. So I lost my hardship transfer. I had to go back to my pup, my, my, uh, had to go back to my um home school, which was Southern. So it was back being in the hood again with everybody I grew up with. And I missed out on them high school years, but I got that back my senior year and bowed out on them people. Well, that's what's up, man. So uh, for people that don't know what Louisville is about and growing up in Louisville and what the city is about, kind of describe what type of place Louisville is. I mean, with the good and the, there's good and there's good bad, and the bad. Yeah. you know, and the good is it's opportunity here to get some money. I mean, I can't tell you what to do, but I know it's a lot of money here and people don't understand that about this city, but it's, it's bigger than what people think. And it's a fun, but on the bad side, shit, it's just Murderville, Kentucky. Niggas is getting slapped. Niggas is getting killed every day. Like, nigga, this shit crazy. It's the wild, wild west here. This ain't nowhere to vacate to. I tell you that. It ain't no vacation spot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I think, uh, you know, uh, since I've been here in Louisville, you know, uh, been here almost, well, a little bit over two years now, but, you know, uh, I see everything that you're talking about as far as, you know, the good and the bad. You know, you got, you know, the party scene is kind of kind of uh, cool here. But, you know, you got the downside to that when, you know, with certain certain stuff that come with, you know, club scenes and things like that. So Yeah, and Louisville, everybody, like, the big names here in the city, like, when you come to Louisville, you're going to hear Valley Sosas. You're going to hear Skinnies and – you gonna hear, you know, EST. You you gonna hear names like that when you come here, and it's 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 like everybody in Louisville knows what everybody's doing. So so the Joneses stand out, you know. You got your your, your D boys stand out, your killers stand out. Everybody stands out in their own category, but everybody know what you're doing around this motherfucker. That's one thing for sure, and, and shit. It ain't easy living in Louisville, Kentucky, I tell you that. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it's um yeah, it's kind of an everyday struggle in any kind of, you know, minority based, you know, neighborhood as far as like, you know, stuff you gotta deal with when you wanna come up. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a crab in a bucket mentality, you know. Yeah, and, and I grew up at Newburgh, so it's like we was the most hated neighborhood in the city of Louisville because we we are on Allen. Like we separated from the whole city, but we are in the city of Louisville. 
and and motherfuckers like like I said, we was the most hated hood forever. And then with the fact that that you know G blows up from Newburgh, like it kind of turns the tables again to where we still the most hated neighborhood in the Louisville, Kentucky. On top of the most the high the, the highest crime rated neighborhood too right now, like that shit ain't no game. Oh yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, I seen that myself. And when G started to come up, man, I was just like, man. Well, like when I first got here and uh, got cool with a lot of people from Newburgh, I was like, man, like, why does everybody have to say, you know? And then when I seen stuff for myself, you know, I was just like, oh, I see why. You know, I think a lot of people don't yeah. like Newburgh just because you know everybody isolated and a lot of people uh, get money in that area, so, and they stated itself. Yeah. And we fucking all these niggas hoes. Yeah. So, as you was, uh, so as you was growing up, man, like, uh, before you got into music, did you have anyone in your family that was into music or anybody around you that was into music that you, My- uh, kind of picked picked up from that uh, made you want to get into it? My dad was a trades. Like, we, you know, he, he did gospel music. He had, he had a record deal um, doing gospel music, like, in the early 90s. Yeah, in the early 90s, he had um, a gospel record deal. So I've been around music. I was in the choir and all that, whatnot. But then when it comes to his rapping shit, my, my brother was really the rapper. I ain't start financially taking rapping serious to like two years ago for real. It's always been in me though, but I was I was trying to get some money. I'm trying to get rich. And and my brother, like I said, my brother, he's really the rapper. But he went through his trials and tribulations with that shit and, and eventually he stopped. And I always wanted to do it. So like well, my life was at a point to where I ain't had no choice but to start telling people how I felt or what was going on in my life. Then that's when I started rapping. This shit right now is bigger than what it is. But it seems outside looking in, a lot of people don't understand what music really means to artists, you know, especially the ones who's pouring their life out on these tracks. Oh, yeah. So as you uh, went through you went through high school and, uh, you know, you became an adult. When, when was your first time uh, getting into the studio and actually uh, starting to uh, take music serious? My first time, when my uh, my brother died, my brother got killed, he got gunned down. Um, broad daylight, you know, it fucked me up because this is, this is who I'm with every day. Like, this is my brother. Like, we... Every day, every day, like, type shit. So when that happened, you know, it was mandatory that I did a song because, like I said, it was the only way I could really express my feelings. And he loved and And the song ended up doing, like, crazy numbers in the city. The city was fucked up at the song, for real. Everybody knew it, too. But the city was fucked up at the song. So that is when I, I, I first recorded a real song in the studio and actually put it on the thing. But after that, my nigga Boogie, my nigga Boogie came home 
and, and, and we was linked in together with each other, hard body through the streets. He's from Newburgh. We both from Newburgh. He an OG. But when he came home, I was a young nigga running the streets at Newburgh. It was it was so back on holiday. And 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 when Cuz came home, shit, he's a he's a Newburgh legend too. You feel me? Like I said, he's an older nigga, so he was he already was into the the music world. And when me and him linked, he heard the he uh did the song with me. Because his best friend died too around the same time, so we both got on the song together. It's called It's on our platforms. But after we did that song, Cuz really pushed me to stay in the studio after that, and he, you know, he just stayed on me. And really, I, I was telling him that all the time. He the only reason why I really kept rapping, and I appreciate him for that. Plus, free the gang, man. Cuz is on his way home. Free CEO Boogie. Mr. Hang Okay. So so you said the song was called uh, Never Change, the song you did for your brother? Yeah, yep. Okay, so after you uh, did the first song, which, uh, uh, sorry to hear about your brother, but um, when you, so after this transpired and you started to take it serious, uh, how often was you recording at this point? And uh, as far as like, you know, going to the studio and um, did you, was you dropping singles after that or did you uh, start working on an actual EP or album to drop? Oh, <clears throat> we stayed in the studio like, honestly, after that, because um, it started, Boogie had started his own, had his own label. He started his label in, in the penitentiary. And came home and stood on it and, and bring get that good, but like that shit was lit. And, and Cuz really pushed everybody around to stay, stay tapped in with this music shit because it's, we all know it's a way out. And shit, it boiled down to where we was trying to hit the studio every day to the point where Boogie went in, got us a studio, got us a studio built, nigga, and we stayed locked in every day. So niggas was sleeping in the studio. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, what you had said, so Yo. Yeah. So, uh, you say y'all was locked in in the uh, the studio every day? And he bought y'all a studio? Uh, yeah, he bought the studio and we was tapped in. We was tapped in. I was tapped in. I'm sorry, my phone, my phone's going off a whole lot. That's why I keep pausing, but but yeah, though, I mean, cause after he got the studio, the music was coming unlimited. And then I graduated to to going out of town and, and recording because of a different sound. I was chasing a, I was chasing a sound, so I started recording in Atlanta. Uh, after after so much of recording, you know, the music's good because people's listening to it, people's commenting, numbers is going up, you know, as long as I'm, as long as I was staying consistent. But eventually I just started trying to learn the business side of the music industry. How do I get paid off all this music that I'm doing? That was that was what I was trying to learn. Okay. So when you um you know, you starting to record more often. You starting to uh, take it more serious. Was uh, was Boogie 
uh, kind of like, you know, helping, you know, um, uh, pay for, like, studio time, or was you coming up with this out of your pocket? Nah, uh, see. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, was he uh, helping you pay for studio time? Was you coming out the pocket, or did y'all just have some people, you know, that y'all was locked in with that they were just showing love? Nah, I was – I would come out of pocket, like, at first – Cuz, me and Cuz is going half on everything. Like, me and, I, I'm my own boss. Cuz is his own boss. Like, at the end of the day, so, it was like, anything we did, we went half on. Everything. Whether we went to the club 50 deep, we paying for everybody to get in. We're going to split that tab. About all the bottle section and everything. Me and Cuz splitting everything down the middle. It's my partner. It's my right-hand man. So, we was in this shit together. But, I ended up getting locked up. Cuz ended up getting locked up. When I came home and, and took my own route, it was paying out of pocket by myself for all my studio time. Everywhere I went. I ain't never got free studio time. Okay. So, um, when did you uh, launch your first uh, project as far as um, EP or mixtape or album? 2018 was when I dropped. I dropped the. Uh, I dropped the EP called Six Rings, and I did a video to every song on that EP while I was dropped. While I was uh, during the uh, process of the project, I, before I put it out, I made sure I did a song to every. Um, I mean, I did a video to every song on that EP Six Rings. That was 2018, and then I think. 2019 is when I dropped my second one, or maybe it was two. I think I dropped both of them in 2018, maybe. But it was um, it was a double disc EP, Vicious versus Global. Had the city yeah. turned up. Yeah, man, I remember 2019 because uh, 2019, uh, what the end of 2018 and beginning of 2019 is when I first started coming to Louisville before I got out the military. Mm-hmm. And I remember when uh, when I first heard that song, Vicious, I ain't know you at the time. But when I was going to the script club, they used to play that junk all the time. You know, I was just like, man, I was like, this song is hard. Like, they used to play, I used to hear it at least like two or three times a night. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, yeah, I, I remember that uh, that era, that year, that, that year was lit. Oh, yeah, 2019 was really the start of it. Shit, at, at Baghdad, right? I was going through some shit too, where I just had a daughter around, you know, bring, my daughter was just came in the world. My mama, my little brother and my best friend had just passed away back to back. Like I couldn't even grieve and get over one. And, and another one happened. Like, so I was really mentally going through a whole lot at them times. And, and music was the only thing that was getting me away. Music and drugs. Yeah, it'd be like that sometimes when you uh yeah. you have a lot of um stuff happening back to back, you know. I had similar situations, you know, where uh people I lost in Afghanistan when I was in the military, so I already know how that could feel, you know. You lose people close to you, you know. But uh so after you dropped the first two projects, uh did you drop anything uh else in twenty nineteen or twenty twenty? Nah, I end up um, I end up dropping some singles. I dropped some some EP threes, MP threes. I mean, 
I dropped some MP3s online. I did some shit with Drummer Boy. And um, I ended up dropping that shit online. I dropped like two songs I did with Drum. Shout out to Drummer Boy too. But um, yeah, I ended up dropping those projects. And, and it really was just MP3s for people, you know, people to go online and hear music. You know, I really wasn't projecting the songs. It's just to have shit online. Like I said, it was more so learning the business for me. So I know if I put a thousand songs on the internet and get a thousand views per each one, I'm still going to get credited for, you feel me, 10,000 views. Or they do it 10,000 times, 1,000 views worth credit if each one of them got one. Like, but as that's what I I wouldn't consider it a project that I was dropping. It's just MP3, it's music, just listen. Oh yeah. So uh, we can kind of fast forward now. So you know, you're seeing success from the music. Uh, you know, people giving you feedback off your first two projects or first couple singles you drop. You know, we can uh, we up to uh, 2020. You know, when the pandemic first uh, hit, you know, a lot of people, you know, was kind of, you know, confused on how, how they was going to navigate, you know, their businesses, no matter what they was doing to make money. So uh, how did you navigate the pandemic from 2020 all the way up to now, you know, as far as like uh, your music career and uh, and how did you, uh, you know, uh, find direction and so how to you know, keep people engaged and keep your uh, buzz going. I um, I ran that bag up so crazy around that time. You know, God blessed me to 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 really be able to be put in a financial position to where I was able to move to Atlanta. I moved to the A to pursue my career. You know, I bagged a little bitch from her and tight shit. Excuse my friends, bagged a you know young lady, took her into her kids down there and shit. Like I was on some some other shit. I ain't gonna count. Like I said, I be going through some shit mentally. It be fucking me up. But you know, a nigga live. You live and you learn. And at the end of the day, I didn't know no pandemic was coming. So when I moved to Atlanta, I moved in the right before the pandemic. I went. I had moved down there and nigga, I'm probably talking about. Not even 60 days later, they talking about shutting down the whole world type shit. So I can't even get locked in in a state that I'm not from. Just just luckily, I was I was moving my way through the industry the right way, you know. And it got me places and connections that, that I can't, you know, I can't lose unless I fuck them up a burner bridge. But with that being said, when I moved down during the pandemic, I was already locked in, like I said, with drummer. And then I had my, my PI was from Atlanta, too. So she had tapped me in with a whole lot of people. I fuck with BMF real heavy. Shout out to the mob. But they tapped me in, you know, with with a lot of major factors in the city. So it worked out in my favor that I knew people when I moved down there, but I still didn't know my city. And and I was spending money. I'm I'm spending that shit during the pandemic. When they locked us down, Atlanta was the only state that stayed open. So we down there blowing bags, you feel me? Shout out to them shits. Like, for real, unemployment shit smacking. Nigga, we was going crazy down there. Like, but 
it was it was more so once again I was down there trying to learn the business and with the pandemic fucking everything up, everybody in Atlanta, all the artists, producers, engineers, anybody got something to do with the industry was all fucked up, hurting, wanting for money. So it really wasn't the time to be trying to learn the business because a lot of shit seemed scam. Everything seemed like a scam. Shit wasn't adding up. You feel me? Like Oh yeah. So uh during this whole time frame when you uh just waiting for the corona to kinda die down a little bit, uh how much music did you put out during this time frame or was you uh just focusing on it to it you just waited to it cooled down a little bit as far as the coronavirus? I mean, I dropped one, two I dropped like five singles during the corona. But they was all, it was all, uh, it was, it was, it was like three songs that I did with drama. And then I linked with some artists in Atlanta, um, Too Lit. Uh, I linked with them and, and did some music and then a couple features. I was doing features. I was charging, mm-hmm. you know, charging a nice number for features. So people was biting. I ain't trying to bite your head off of no track, but. It's business at this point. I'm mean, well invested, so nigga got respected. But a lot of people was buying features during Corona, during you know. So that, any feature that I did, I was dropping some new music. Oh yeah, yeah, man. You know, I remember that time frame like it was yesterday, bro. Like, you know that Corona, man. You know, people that you thought, you know, that was like, you know, up, up, man, that corona humbled a lot of people, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm glad that you was able to, you know, that you was uh, put up well. So, you know, you waited till the storm passed a little bit. Yeah. To continue, you know, what you uh, had to do. I ended up getting indicted, though, too, though. I ended up getting indicted having to turn myself in. In like uh, like September that year, or twenty twenty twenty, I ended up turning myself in September. Yeah, now it was twenty twenty one. Yeah, it's twenty twenty one. Uh, how much time did you end up having to do? Uh, I ended up doing a year. I took a year. I ended up uh copping out for a year. I was going, we was ready to take them to trial and shit, but they trying to make a nigga sit. And we was in somewhere where you don't want to be sitting that too long, you feel me? So I just told my lawyer, slide for me. Take the best deal they're going to get. They offered a year, so I took that shit. I already had time served in on it for just sitting. They end up indicting a nigga, jacking a nigga, bond up so fucking high. They ain't want a nigga to get it out, so. A nigga ended up shitting, and it worked out for the better once again. God was in my favor in that situation. A nigga ain't have to do nothing but a state year. I was right back to the streets, but it was a whole new scenery, though. I didn't go back to Atlanta. I came back to Kentucky, where a nigga don't want to be at. I had to get back right. Yeah, so after you got out of jail, you know, and you getting back uh, used to, you know, society, um, did you start back recording right away, or did you take some time? Negative. You know, negative. Hell no, nah. because when it comes to this music, you gotta have funds. You gotta have a bag, big bag. Ain't no little bag gonna get you nowhere in this in this industry. 
They're going to tell you code. You can have lyrics. You can be the coldest punch artist ever in the world. You can be better than Lil Wayne by having a microphone. But if you ain't got no money, these people ain't fucking with you. They're not, they not, they not looking at you. They're not. Because if you're that cold, then a motherfucker going to put a bag behind you and make sure you get where you need to be at. And you still not, you feel me? Like, nah, it's shit different. You got to have a bag. And, and that was my goal. Plus, I came home to nothing. Like I said, you live and you learn. When I moved to move back from when I got out of jail, when I was in jail, the little the little the little the little shorty I was fucking with, she slammed me out. You feel me? While I was locked up, she went through a nigga's phone. She won't start beefing with exes, baby mamas, and you know reckless shit. Long story short, she she took off with everything. So bond money and everything. I I had posted bond and everything. You feel me? Like I said, they kept my bond and jacked it up. They didn't want a nigga to get out. But long story short, I lost everything in that process. I ain't, you feel me? Shorty ain't paid for nothing coming down there. When I moved to A, nigga, I took me, her, and her kids down there and, and pursued my dream, her dream too. But at the end of the day, the the part, what I'm getting to is I lost everything. Like, I ain't stressing that. That situation wasn't nothing. But that's what I was dealing with coming home. I wasn't going back to a situation that I can't control or that I can't handle. So I came back home where oh, niggas man. don't want to be at and, and got to get this shit right. Before I, I had to get shit start, get shit right before I started recording. Like, you got to have money. Yeah, I can understand that, bro. And I know that's the worst uh, feeling in the world when, you know, you in a compromised position and you can't really – you know, control things how you can on the outside and uh, you the people that you uh, have the most loyalty in that's in your circle, you know, uh, stab you in the back and you can't really do nothing about it because you, you on a, you locked down at the time. So I know that's, that was a messed up feeling, bro. Hell yeah. So um, as you got out of jail and, you know, you got back right, uh, what led you to the Navy single that's going crazy right now on TikTok and stuff? Uh, really? Um, honestly, God, true. I was, I just found out my, uh, I just found out I was, my daughter was about to, I'm having a little girl, you know, we got a gender, had a gender reveal and shit. Found out it was a girl and I'm naming my little girl Navy. The same day I found out I, I did, the same day I found out that we was having a girl, I recorded that night at the studio. And my girl was, my my my, my girl was bleeding and shit. She thinks she already have a miscarriage. So she's like, go record your song, though. She like, go record your song and then come take me to the, to the, to the merch room. I'm like, hell no. Nah. She's like, nah, nah, just go take your, it ain't that bad. Da, 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 da. When she say blood, you bleeding and you pregnant and you under 12 weeks, that ain't cool. So, I, you know, I, I was already pulling up at the studio when she called me and said it. That's why she told me, go ahead and record the song. So I went in the studio and knocked that bitch out, like 30 minutes. Went in there and knocked that song out, shot back to the crib, you know, with Shorty was at the hospital. So... The engineer texted me and while I was at the hospital and was like, what you naming the song? And that's when I was like, Navy. I couldn't think of nothing else. That was the only thing on my mind at the time. And the song really puts you in a, in, a, in a Navy. You know, 
in the in the navy state of mind too. It's like it's like when you listen to the song, I'm battling, I'm battling with with them words. You know the way I'm slanging them shits on each line. Like nigga, you you gonna feel like you in the navy when you listen to that song, nigga. Like real talk. But that was that was where the name came from. Definitely that shit shit. So what's your pro? Uh, so what's your process of recording? Do you uh, do you write or do you go off the head? Uh, I wrote that song, but I I freestyle. Majority of my music, my first two projects was all freestyle. Okay, yeah, man, it's crazy that you made that song that quick, you know, in thirty minutes, and then uh. Uh, so when you first made the song, man, when you and the engineer made the song and you got done, you know, handling your situation with your baby moms, like, uh, did you know that that song was going to be a hit when you did it or it was just like another song at that point? Honest to God, truth, I'd be lying if I said I feel like it was another song. But when I first recorded it, the feeling, what I was feel, I was in a possessed state of mind when I was recording the song, because it it, it wasn't normal. It was it was it didn't feel normal. It was like this shit was pouring out. So and I and I, I I was really amazed with myself because like I said, I wrote majority of it, but after so many bars into it, no hook, no nothing. I'm like shit. Just keep recording. Just go, and I just kept going. No hook, no nothing, and. I'm looking at the clock trying to get out the studio. And he was like, shit, I'm going to just format the song like that. No hook. No, you ain't put no hook on there. I'm like, nah, fuck that shit. Just leave it like that. And shit, he sent it to me. And I didn't get to listen to it until later on that night after I left the hospital. And when I left the hospital and listened to it, I'm like, whoa, this shit crazy. Like, this shit wavy. And it's yeah, a man. club, and it's a club banger. It's gonna rock. It's gonna make the club shake. Everybody gonna shake something. Yeah, man. I, uh, when I first heard it, man, and I seen the girl do the TikTok to it, bro. I was like, I was listening to it. I was like, and I, ain't, I wasn't paying attention to the username on the left side of Instagram. I ain't even noticed that that was you that posted it. I'm just looking at the girl dance, and I'm like. Hey, this song is hard. Then I, when I found out it was by you, I was like, oh, yeah, let me go ahead and download that thing. I was like, yeah, that song. I was like, yeah, I could stop bumping my head. I was like, yeah. That's yeah, I appreciate that. that. I appreciate that. But the girl, Christina, that was Christina. She's the girl. She's the girl to get the Drake. She's in Drake's video, the Kiki. Do you love me? She's the one with the pink hair. That's her from the Drake video. She made up that. She started that dance. Then she did the, um... She's in that one of the baby's newest songs, one of his newest videos he just did. Come to find out, hun, the baby's baby mama's best friends. I ain't you feel me. Man, that's crazy. Yeah, that shit lit. That shit lit. That shit lit. I'm pulling up. I got pull up in Cali on them too, though. I told them I'm coming down there. She ended up winning the contest too. So we trying, we're gonna get the video shot. I'm gonna let her do the choreography for the video and be in the video if she wants to upon receiving payment for winning the contest too so we will be in cali soon that's what's up so uh let me ask you this question so um a little bit of self-reflecting so you know 
uh, arguably your biggest song, uh, uh, Navy. You mm-hmm. you you wrote most of it, or you uh, so. Do you think now, like going forward, that you will uh, um, kind of have a balance as far as writing a freestyling songs, or would it just be like more of a vibe type thing? Um, the freestyle part comes in like if I got a whole lot of beats, I'm gonna say play something, and then I'm a vibe. It's a vibe in the studio that's gonna make me say certain shit or feel a beat a certain type of way, versus me buying buying some 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 hard shit to where I gotta sit down on it. When on the beat, when you hear that beat that you feel like it's the one, you gonna put that pen down. I mean you gonna open that a notepad in your iPhone and start writing them notes. Like just straight up. Even if you write a hook, even if it's all you write is a hook and freestyle all the verses. Like it shit come out the same way. I write some shit I didn't wrote before. Went in the studio, got in front of the mic, start recording this shit that I sat down on my on my phone, and then tell the tell the engineer scratch the whole shit. Might use bits and pieces from it as an artist, and that shit gotta sound right. It's gotta be perfect how you want it, but they gotta like it. So, like I said, it, it definitely it ain't nothing that it, it ain't easy, but. You know, right. So let me ask you this, man. So I just started. Oh yeah. So let me ask you these two questions. So when when you first dropped the song, and uh, you know, you get a few reactions from it, and you realize Christina started doing a dance to it. You know, when you have did the challenge. And uh, what was your reaction? And two, uh, what's the numbers like right now as far as, like, you know, Instagram and uh, and TikTok right now? Like, how many people don't – because I know, like, once she started doing the dance with the big followers she got, that's all – can do nothing but be good traffic coming back to you, you know what I'm saying, as far as yeah. the singles involved. It's a lot of traffic right now. Like I said, my phone been going crazy. Like, I got I got a lot of people reaching for that song. Like, I'm in a script club, and, you know, niggas is walking up to me asking, do, you know, the DJ got that song you was playing? DJ got that song you was on your Instagram? You know, and like I said, I come to the script, script club to see some, see some women. I ain't asking nobody about no music, you know. I mean, I talk to you on Instagram or something about that shit. Or, but when I got that reaction, that's when I, I'm telling myself, you know, like, damn, I'm on this song. And everybody's, you know, saying the same response. Keep pushing. Push that. Push that song. Push that song. That's your hit. That's your one. That's your one. And I can't determine what's a hit record. It's people. It's the people. You got to listen and love the song to determine. You know, a lot of people got to listen and love that song. So I'm still trying to balance that part out, too. To where I wanted to cross the nation and, and get that get that response. Yeah, I'm gonna man. push it. This motherfucker gonna get hurt. They gonna hurt. Got to. And the crazy thing, man, I was looking at this uh, this uh, this music exec. He's like one of the top music execs at the label, and he was breaking down uh, how a song get broke down versus like the early two thousands. You mm-hmm. want to know the number one thing that was on the list? What? TikTok. 
He said TikTok don't succeed it. He said number one is TikTok, number two is the streaming platforms, and he said the radio don't fail down to number four. So he was like, TikTok is like the number one thing for songs now that's making people get signed and get anything, you know, as far as endorsements, any type of thing, you know. Yeah, TikTok lit. TikTok. Yeah, man. So, uh, I mean, I just got about two or three more questions and then we'll wrap this up, man. So, you know, uh, as far as, you know, the Navy single, uh, uh, if you don't have an answer to some of the questions, then it's fine. But, you know, uh, when can people, or estimated timeline on when they can expect the video to the uh, the Navy single? And uh, also, you know, uh, what is some uh, future projects that you got going on, Mario? Um, as far as like you know, later on this year for twenty twenty two, what you got planned? Um, the video, like I said, we gotta shoot the Cali, put in some work. Um, we're gonna go to Miami, I believe. And I'll... Yo, can you hear me? Yeah, I can. I'm working with um Skinny now. Shout out to Two K Entertainment. But um, me and bro putting something together now to make this shit, you know, make it is what it's supposed to be. And just trying to work out some shit with him right now. And, and the project will drop. I will definitely drop a EP, another EP. Um, and then I'm gonna follow it up mm-hmm. with an album. But the video and this single right now is my main focus because I got so much music that I can make an album right now out of, you know, just going in my phone, sending some files to the DJ and make an album. I got enough, uh, well over enough songs. And I, and I know that they still, you know, once, like, like I said, people like you. If the people like you as an artist, as a person, I mean, you can drop old music. And a lot of artists is doing it now. You know, once you got the people watching you and paying attention, they want to hear everything you got. So... Like I said, I'm really focused on this single all year. I'm pushing it. I'm trying to get this shit heard all across the nation. But the video will be heard by the summertime. For sure. Oh, yeah. That'll be a lit time for the video because I feel like that type of vibe is like got to have some sunshine in it. Like it can't be no no rainy type of depressed type of vibe. You know what I'm saying? Gotta have, you know, a lot of a lot of women in it, you know what I'm saying? Gotta be lit. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's gonna cause it's gonna be it's gonna be that one. I'm gonna make sure that they pay attention and they're gonna understand where I'm coming from and know that I am a real artist. It's not just no oh woke up one day and I started to rap. Nah, this is what I do. Like I make good music. Yeah, that's what's up, man. So, uh, what is your short and long-term goals as far as your music career? Generational wealth. For real. That's, that's, that's what I'm trying to get out of it. I just want my kids to be able to survive off what I'm leaving behind when I am gone. Yeah, I can feel that. That's a 
You know, that's all. That's what it's all about. You know, yeah. This it's is for my family. I'm trying to. I'm trying to provide. I'm trying to leave it here. I'm starting a generation. You know, of my own now. So it's definitely about behind. But while I'm here, my short term is just giving people a different sound, giving people something, some real authentic music, and, and it's different. My shit is just. You can't compare me to no other artist unless you say I sound like them as far as me harmonizing on a song or something. That's the far as you're going to get. It's the closest you can get to compare me to another artist. But my music is different. And I am and I know it's it's more than majority. I can relate to it. Yeah, that's a, yeah I, I feel that too, man. When I first listened to your music, I was like, yeah, he's different, and, you know, different, because uh, I like different type of stuff, you know, I don't listen, I listen to the majority of the stuff everybody else listens to, but when something different catch my ear, I'm more intrigued to follow that versus, you know, the stuff that they're going to play every week in the club, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, should be getting watered down, hear the same song a hundred yeah, times man. a week. Yeah, hell yeah, they wear stuff out here, bro. Yeah, you know, <laughs> once it's hot, it's hot. It's going to happen. I love to hear my shit on the radio uh, every club 100 times a week. That's how it's supposed to be. But to the people, you know, shit, they heard it 10, 15 times, they good. Hell yeah. So, man, uh, um, you know, uh, last question, you know, you got anything – that you want to promote that you got going on now or in the future. And, uh, yeah, you can go and say that now and then let people, uh, know how to find you on social media. Oh, uh, yeah. I just want everybody to tap in on, on, on my latest single. I just dropped. Maybe you can go, you know, on any, so on any platform and listen to it. For us. Or you can just Google Valley Social Navy. Um, just help me. I just want to help, you know, get the uh, get the support from everybody on that one right now as much as possible. Because main focus right now is just to see with this record. And um, other than that, I mean, you can find me on social uh, uh, on social media. My Instagram is Veli Sosa. That's Veli V E L L Y underscore S O S A six. And um, on Facebook is Veli Sosa. Everything Veli Sosa. I mean, just you can Google Veli Sosa. I'm gonna pop straight up. It's all me. All right, that's what's up, man. Hey, I uh, uh from bottom of my heart, man, I uh, appreciate you. You know, uh, giving me time to um, you know, interview you and uh, get your story out there, man, or how you, where you came from and uh, where you at now and how you prospering and uh you know, making a way for uh, you and your family, man. I uh, greatly appreciate it. And, uh, you know, uh, ever since I first met you, man, I always had a, a great deal of respect for you. And I uh, admire everything that you're doing as far as, you know, your music career and other moves that you're trying to make, you know, outside the music. So, you know, I appreciate you for uh, giving me an opportunity. You know, I'm 10 toes now in this podcast, and, you know, I'm, Investing real heavy in this, as far as financially, and uh, I've been doing it for two years now. So you know, I'm we're ten toes down on this. So 
you know, that's going to be the new lane for me it, uh, when I'm not, you know, doing security and then like that, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, man, everybody go check out Valley Social, you know, Valley, uh, V-E-L-L-Y underscore S-O-S-A-6. You know, go scream all his music on Apple Music, Spotify, you know, uh, real good artist, man. You uh, you can play his play. There's you know, very few artists that you can play with no skips, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, you can just shuffle his whole music library and just let it ride in the car. So, you know, again, I appreciate you for coming on the Eric J. The Great Podcast. And, uh, Thanks this for wraps, having me, King. And this wraps up today's episode. And uh, this episode will be out tonight on all platforms, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, wherever you get your podcast. And uh, I have another episode dropping tomorrow. We'll be talking about uh, pros and cons with uh, dating black women and, uh, you know, the uh, our culture in general as far as how society looks at us as a people. That's what I'll be talking about tomorrow. So just uh, wrap up today's episode of the Eric J. The Great Podcast. Y'all have a good night. Thank mm-hmm. you.